Hi everyone, I'm Lucas Mack and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Today, I have the powerful and profound Coach Shana James on the show. She is not only helping people live their best lives, but also helping men heal from past trauma. She's a powerful, powerful speaker, entrepreneur, and coach, and I'm honored to have her on the show today. Shana, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure. So how did you, I think we got introduced through a mutual friend and yes. the mutual friend said, you need to talk to Shana because she is helping men heal and honoring men. And I'm like, this is such a beautiful, especially mm. all that is going on, all the narrative right now. How <sighs> did you get into doing what you're doing? Mm. Well, so when I was younger, I started, um, I started being part of, or like we all started together, a bunch of us started together, friends, this community where we decided that we wanted to be more honest and we wanted to practice and we wanted to communicate. We wanted to get kind of messy and, you know, bring up our attraction and all of that stuff and then not bail and actually see if we could you know, care about each other and go through the hard challenges without just leaving. Mm. And from that, I mean, it was a really incredible time of my life. And um, I look back on it with just so much appreciation. Mm. And from that, two of the men started a course for men because they were getting this really honest, loving feedback from us that they'd never gotten before from the women in the group. And mm. they wanted other men to have it. So they brought us in to be, you know, really honest with men, but also from a place of love and appreciation and understanding. Yeah. And I just fell in love with men. I was in the middle of doing a master's degree to work with women and something shifted in me and I just felt like, oh my God, this is my calling. Hmm. Do, did you experience or from working with men for so long or even in that yeah. group, is it shame that keeps men bound? Is it fear of yeah. judgment? What is What was it that men were loving in that moment where you lovingly gave them authentic feedback? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that they felt cared for mm -hmm. while also just hearing something that was like useful and actionable. So to your point, I really do. I think shame is at the root of for men and for all of us, right? I think shame is at the root of where we start to hide and hold back and, you know, do all these strange pretzel-like things to try to turn mm. ourselves into someone we think who would like us and all of that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So from that original group, then mm. how did you develop into what you're doing now? Well, we all, many of us worked together for a while and we, we were doing a course called the Authentic Man Program. Mm. And um, yeah, it's so I, I would say what I'm doing now, I do it more on my own, but it's, it's similar, right? Where a man comes to work with me and I give him this kind of real-time feedback around what's happening in the moment and where he's building trust or losing trust or where the attraction sparks or where it fades or, you know, and then we also start to go into um, what do you want and what's true for you? And then where does that get squashed 
you know, when you enter into a relationship or a dynamic with another person, where do you start to tuck that away? Or like I said, you know, put on the masks or twist yourself into someone you think would be lovable. Hmm. That twisting, that's a, you said that twice, like twist like a pretzel. That's an interesting imagery, but yeah. it, talk about what, what do you think is happening there when people, because mm. I hear twisting, I think uncomfortable. So we're really like trying to fit into some shape or. Yeah. Right. To that, fit into the rules or the box or the, mm. you know, there's so many rules out there in dating and relationship. Like this is what will have a woman like you and <laughs> this is what gives you a chance. And this is what gets you in her pants and you know, all these mm, things. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so I think so much of it is that, um, especially if it's, if something's not working, like if, if you're not, if you're a man who's not being seen as attractive or wanted, or you're seen as a friend instead of a lover, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, I think there's an attempt to try to figure out like, well, what can I do here that's going to make somebody want me or attracted to me or feel closer to me? Or, you know, what can I do here to create chemistry and all those things? So I think it is, right. I think of it as like a twisting and I'm trying to feel more into that where instead of being relaxed, you know, and centered and, and finding that place really deep within where your power and your confidence actually comes from, it's like trying to find it out there, trying to find it outside of yourself. Hmm. How did you... Tell me about growing up and, and how you were led into <laughs> wanting to work with the women and and the field that you were even going down. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's always a good, yeah. I know. It's always it's always a good question. So, I mean, I would say I think that I ended up working with men because um my dad, my mom kind of wore the pants in the family and she mm. uh is a lovely amazing person and my dad infuriated her a lot. And so there was a lot of you know, loudness and anger and all of that stuff. And I don't know, I'm not sure why I originally wanted to work with women. I think I just felt like I am one. And so it makes sense. And I want to, you know, I want to support people in waking up and understanding themselves and feeling love for themselves. And so I think it just naturally felt like, well, then I'll do that with women, you know? Mm. Um, but then when men came into the picture and I started really realizing like, oh, part of this is, you know, my dad didn't have as much of a voice. He didn't have as much of that confidence or that way of relaxing into his own power. I think that's probably where the, the root of why I felt so drawn to work with men. Hmm. I'm glad you are. I'm glad you, you have gone down this path. Hmm. It seems that um, as you're talking about for the man that's struggling, trying to be, you know, like you said, the lover instead of the friend, and then they're trying hmm. different things and approaches. That is where I think from the female side or just yeah. the, the partner side of that, that gets in such dangerous territory because it can, it can become manipulation. Right. You know, and for like from on one side, it's manipulation. Yeah. And on the other side, there's loss of self. Hmm. So you could see the manipulation side, which I think is what a lot of people are seeing these days, right? We're putting our attention on 
men are manipulating and men are trying to get their way and all of that, which some of it's true. I'm not going to deny it, right? Yeah. But from the other side, the, the side that makes me sad is when you put on those masks or when you're trying to be someone, there's like all these layers between you and other people and you don't actually get to be loved or appreciated or understood for who you really are because you're not putting it out there. Mm. You, uh, you just made me think of this. That's why courage mm-hmm. is so important to honor. I think mm-hmm. in our society, we're forgetting we all want healing, yet this accusatory tone and yelling and indignant hurt yeah. narrative is only going to keep the people that are hurting others more locked in place because yeah. what are they, you know, where's the freedom to say? I mean, yes. and then the people that are those that choose the hurting, yeah, we must encourage them to have the courage to say, it doesn't matter. You get to be free yourself. You get to know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I love when I work with couples, one of the really simple tools I often give them is just when one person says something and the other person feels hurt to just say, ouch, Hmm. right? Like just to say, oh, that hurts. Or, you know, and then sometimes the other person's going to keep going and attacking. And it's, you know, still, if, if you don't give anything to um, if you're not fighting back and there's nothing to bounce off of, eventually the person's going to get kind of frustrated and walk away. Right. But I, I also agree. I think some of the, um, I think that attack often comes from when I work with women, I help women really see, okay, look across and see a man and then see the best in him. Hmm. And now call him into that, right? Like see his potential and call him into that instead of cutting him down and thinking that somehow that's going to actually make him want to step up and be closer to you and love you and care for you in all the ways you want to, right? Like it's, there is this way. And when I see people take on the shift of assuming the best about someone else and then getting curious, like, oh, I realize I asked you, this is a relationship dynamic. It's not necessarily a single dynamic, but I asked you to take out the garbage you know, this week and it didn't happen. And I'm wondering what happened versus I asked you to fucking take out the garbage and it's not there and I'm really <laughs> pissed off and, you know, all of I, that. That doesn't sound, uh, wait, oh, really? no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. I think that's a, that's, yeah, that's a great point. It's a great yeah. Point. So, you know, whether it's garbage or whatever it is, I think that the practice of really assuming the best about people creates more connection. And then, um, yeah, instead of having this like ricochet, right, where we're bouncing back and forth and we're just getting hotter and hotter and hotter in the not so good way, then there's actually an opening and connection that starts to happen. What for, okay, so you helping the women see the best in the male and then what about when it's reverse? What do you share with the, the man? The men. Yeah, to see in the women. That's a great question. Well, definitely, you know, similarly assuming the best, but what just came up when you said that was um, feeling deeper than a woman's expression expression in the moment or like her surface expression, right? It's like Mm. if she's pissed off or she's attacking you or she's – whatever she's doing, there's something vulnerable under the surface, 
Mm. And if you don't buy into taking it personally, then you can actually start to create a connection there because you can be like, wow, you seem really pissed off right now. And it's even a little scary for me, but I'm imagining you might be afraid or it seems like you're really sad about something or I don't know, I'm just, you know, I'm giving examples, yeah. not necessarily a script, but yeah. yeah, that there's always this surface expression and it can be loud or violent or whatever it is, but there's always a vulnerable part underneath. Hmm. I, I thought, tell me, I'm going to share something that I, I thought of earlier this week and I would just love your thoughts and we can mm. dialogue on this and that. Yeah it all comes down to anger and what is anger and then where, what, where does anger come from? And mm. I thought anger is good uh-huh. when I see an injustice being done to someone yep. and it triggers my anger and I go to stop it. Uh-huh. Anger is bad when I see someone and I feel the injustice is done to me uh-huh. and I go to stop them. Mm-hmm. And it, when it's not necessarily an injustice, when it's just a triggered, um, uh-huh. triggered response. And so then I thought, well, is anger, when it's applied properly, mm. us seeing us in a situation and loving us, we want to help us. And so it's like an empathetic state uh-huh. to be in the place of that person and we want to put the anger to stop it versus this anger sometimes between couples track with me for a second because yeah, yeah. um, between couples where maybe the wife is angry at her husband for not taking out the trash and it's expressed angrily yeah anger angrily angrily, angrily. angrily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay i'll think <laughs> about um and then but she is only seeing whatever narrative was placed on her exactly. at some child at some point as a child yeah. and so she's expressing her she's really trying to heal herself yes. or process fix what was done to me i mean yeah. anger is really weird it's almost like um quantum time in how we're experiencing this anger yeah i mean i think whenever we experience any very strong emotion there's a degree of past or something that's happened to us in the past that's getting brought up again you know yeah. now yeah. because if it wasn't so strong from the past it would be like wow i noticed you're doing that thing again and i feel you know i can feel my anger about it mm-hmm. and i can also recognize that there may be something i'm not seeing here so help me out like help me understand what's going on for you Hmm. But when anger comes up, usually it's like we can't, we don't have the presence of mind to say, I notice I'm feeling really angry. I mean, unless you're practicing a lot, which that, that is part of my practice actually is to be able to witness it and, and hmm. share in that way. Actually, I had a really interesting experience recently with my partner where we were doing some, we were having a conversation and at one point he said something and I was livid. Like, I was <laughs> so pissed. I want, I literally saw myself like hurting him, uh-huh. you know, and instead of exploding that moment, I sat with it and I sat with it for a little while. And then finally I was like, I just like, I have to say, I'm totally seeing that there's something happening for me that I'm triggered, but I am pissed right now. Like, and mm. I'm feeling hatred and I'm feeling mm. all of this stuff. And it ended up being this amazing conversation because he Something in him woke up when I started sharing that. And because I wasn't attacking him and I wasn't yes. you know, pushing the anger at him, yes. he was like, oh, 
okay. And then we were connected again in a way that we really hadn't been. We were kind of deadened to each other in that moment. Powerful. So, Powerful. So you expressing your, the truth, the, the triggering, yeah. but not placing it on him. Yeah. So, right. So I'm going back to your question of, you know, what is anger? I mean, in some one practice I've done, they talk about, I'm trying to remember exactly how it goes, but that there isn't really anger without fear. Hmm. And I think, you know, that makes sense in a way, right? There's like this fear, this urgency that something needs to happen or that our way, like you said, I mean, if I'm getting really pissed off at you for doing something, I haven't always sometimes, but I haven't usually taken the time to really explore like, what is it to be in your shoes? You know, how many hours a day have you been working today or what other things have you been doing or struggling with such that the thing that I really want done has not happened, Hmm. right? So I think there's a way of, again, going back to assuming the best or sometimes I I call it, you know, standing in someone else's shoes before we explode, Hmm. you know, to really allow the intensity or the fire of anger to drive something, but to drive us closer instead of driving us apart. Hmm, That's beautiful. It's almost... Um, it's appropriate to use anger for people to protect, but it's mm. never appropriate to use anger to people. Right. Or against people or, or to against, people. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like right. that. Towards people. Or, yeah. 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 Right. Like, I don't think there ever really is a time where it's helpful to yell at your partner. And I think right. it could be helpful to express like, can I just take a moment and really express because I'm feeling angry right now and I just want to yell. <laughs> and let it rip. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. But, um, but at someone or cutting someone down or shaming or blaming or being disrespectful, like what good is that going to do anyone? Right. Yeah, exactly right. And then gets to the place for getting back to men right now, they're yeah. getting yelled at. Yeah. On a national level, on a, a right. cultural level. Yep. And um, this, although good that negative actions um, ha- are bring, being brought to light, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. But if it's not being brought to light to heal, yes. What is what is the result of you know bringing it to light right. to just judge and like have another? Salem witch trial? Like what do we hope to do? Just lynch people that are out? I mean, we need to heal. We need to heal, right? I mean, and that's why I'm working on a talk around the the missing piece of men's healing and the the role women play Mm. in men's healing because it feels to me like, you know, I don't I don't have any blame for women who are pissed off and upset and we're we're creating a little more balance. You know, women are stepping into more power, but yeah. You know, I gave a talk earlier last year. It was like, women rising, let's take the men with us, right? We can't, mm. as women, think that if we just, you know, blame or shame men or push them out of the picture, I'd be like, you did bad things. And so you don't deserve any love or care or anything. Like, none of us are going to get what we want that way, you know? Right. right. We're not going to get to a place together where women are wanting to be. So many women I hear say like, you know, I want a man who's emotionally available and I want him to talk to me and I want to, I want to feel connected with him. I don't want to feel like I'm in a house with a robot, you know? Right, right. And yet the attacking is what has men often just like start to shut down. Sometimes it's slowly, sometimes it's quickly. 
Mm. And then like, you know, it's not safe. He's not there. He's not going to open up when, you know, when the, the fear of getting attacked. It's, it's almost, or it is repeating the cycle of what led to the man being shut down in the first place of however he grew up, the yelling, the hitting, the, the abuse, because screaming at someone is not in, you know, you're like you said, it's not loving. No. So we want the result to change or we want the action to change. And then we're using the same means by which it caused us to shut down in the first place. Right. Um, And so this is, um, that's why in the intro, I brought up like what you're doing is so powerful and profound and it's Mm. so needed right now because it's a beautiful open table that you bring people around to just Mm. talk. Thank you. Well, interesting too. I mean, I had a guy recently contact me and say, you know, and this often happens where men have done a lot of work, right? Like a lot of therapy and a lot of self-help and transformational work. And I love the way he said it because he said, but I haven't quite done the relational piece. And, you know, he was saying like, I still have resentment. I still have frustration. I still have these old hurts and wounds in a way that I know what they are intellectually. Sometimes I've even felt them emotionally, but I haven't necessarily expressed them with a woman, you know, or I haven't um, created a dynamic with a woman where I can say I'm feeling hurt right now, or I'm feeling upset right now. Or, you know, I sometimes do role playing with my clients where it's not it's not fake because I'm being a, a I'm being myself and having whatever reactions I have. But mm. sometimes we talk about desires, mm. you know, and it's like um, there's a way you can do it in therapy. Like I want this, but there's a way that I'm doing human practice mm. and and really being there in a loving way to say no. Like tell me more. That sounds you know you really want that and it sounds amazing and maybe other people were weirded out by it or maybe other people thought it was dangerous and yet your desires are good and so how do we get them to come to the surface mm. and then find you consensual ways to mm. create these things mm. that's that's beautiful mm. so what is what is your ultimate dream when it comes to or your vision or if you could wave the wand and something happens immediately, what are, what's your objective? What are you hoping to accomplish with all that you're doing? Wow, that is a beautiful question. I wonder if I have an answer for that. <laughs> what am I hoping to accomplish? I mean, I think ultimately I really value and want people to love themselves and feel good about themselves. And I think that comes from my own past of my inner critic has just been so loud my whole life and it's been painful and it's, you know, I'm, I've been doing a lot of work and it's much better than it was. Um, but I think that's part of what drives my goal of people loving themselves and feeling clear that, um, that they're good and that their desires are good and that Mm. they can have the tools to communicate with another person to co-create something really amazing, right? Rather than living a life where I'm settling and it's like, ah, life is okay. Or, you know, I've got a good job, but I don't really have intimacy with my partner or I'm making good money, but I'm feeling like kind of like I'm dying every day when I go into work or Mm. any, whatever it may be that there isn't a settling that there's like, okay, what, what life would really inspire me 
Mm. And then how do I create that? Mm. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And as I say that, I'm like, yeah, right. So that's like the surface (laughs) expression. (laughs) But I think that, right, that waking up to who we really are and loving ourselves and, Mm. and, and being loved and getting to be loved and, you know, yeah, that's probably under. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, in order, I, I wrote this earlier today that if we are unable to receive, uh-huh. then we are unable to heal. Yes. Because our ability to receive has everything to do with our ability to become vulnerable and yeah. open up. Yes. And so we want healing. Yeah. We want to feel good. There's not a person on planet Earth that does not want to feel good within the body that they contain yeah and yet we are trying anything under the sun other than the most basic premise of just become vulnerable yeah and receive and receive and receive i mean that's one of the big ones that i work with with men and you know a lot of men have been conditioned that receiving is weak actually i have a program yeah yeah right that it's feminine i have a program where receiving is one of the core modules for men having power and influence because mm. you know if you're not able to receive and take in then like you're saying like you can't collaborate you can't be loved you can't get nourished right. and and it's a big thing that I work with with men and it's a big thing that I stand for because I think a lot of men right they're either conditioned that it's kind of feminine or weak or they think it's selfish they've been taught that that it's selfish and and they already want too much you know, I, I had a conversation with a woman once who said, um, actually this, well, you and I both have seven-ish year olds, right? Yeah, and my yeah. son, um, when it was his birthday, he started asking everybody if they gave things away for birthdays, like, cause he mm-hmm. went to a restaurant and got an ice cream sundae for free. And so <laughs> he went into the drugstore. Oh, like, <laughs> so he was like, do you give away anything for a birthday? That's and hilarious. It was so funny. And the woman said, no. And he said, well, you should. And she was like, well, what do you want? And he, the the sweetest part about this story, I think, is that he picked out this like little stuffed kitty with a pink bow, you know. Mm, yeah. And um, I was telling my friend about this, and and I said like, you know, at first I wanted to stop him from asking for what he wanted because mm. I thought, well, this is kind of embarrassing, or maybe it's too much. And then yeah. I thought, no, this is actually a really important skill, you know, that mm. he learns that it's okay to ask for what he wants. He may not get a, a yes, right. but her perspective was, yeah, like well. Um, I said, I, I think, I, you know, I want him to be able to ask for what he wants. And she said, yeah, or you could teach him that he could create it himself instead of becoming like a righteous, entitled man. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know what to say. But I, you know, after I thought about it and I was like, well, I don't think you become entitled by asking for what you want. I think you become entitled when you think you always deserve a yes or somebody else has to fulfill that or people are objects, right? They're obligated to give you what you want. Yes. But I think men especially need to actually, you know, feel okay to To ask ask. for what you want. That's right. You have you're put in that position, right? Where you're supposed to be the one asking. So good. The, The asking is the most vulnerable piece. Yes. I think asking is, uh, an extension of vulnerability. I totally agree. Right. Because so many what men happens come if to we me. don't ask, we're going to yeah. take, and then that's where the problem happens because exactly. we, we oh, just have to satiate so that. We have to satiate that. Yeah. Or yeah, just felt, process yeah. it. Yes. Right. 
Right. That way, like if I don't feel okay to ask and I don't think I'm going to get what I want because I haven't been taught how or I haven't been connected, all the, all the reasons we could go into. Yeah. Then, right. What's the natural next step? Like I'm going to take things or I'm going to manipulate. I'm going to. Yes. Or I'm going to use something to solve that pain. I'm going to use pornography yes. for men or drugs yes. or whatever. And here's what I think is so important. And this is so beautiful. And I love this conversation is the desire doesn't just vanquish. It's like, right. Yeah. You know, it's gone. Right. No, it's, it's strong it's, and it gets stronger. And, yeah. and to acknowledge it and to ask, I think that is such, such a beautiful, first of all, beautiful job parenting. I think <laughs> I'm learning. I'm, I mean that I am learning to not, Every day I'm not repeating the same mode that was done to me. Done to and you. so just like breathing and like, okay, let them be the children that I want them to be, to learn how to be. And um, I have a quick story. I, I took my four-year-old to preschool and it was dad's and donuts day at preschool. <laughs> and it was really fun. And, and he kept asking for, it was donut holes. And he kept asking for, I gave him, I mean, I grabbed a few, he had some, and then he's like, yeah. can I have one more? I'm like, okay, yeah, you can go have one more. He brings back two. I'm like, did you bring one? What is one of, or one of those for me? And he's like, uh, yes, <laughs> but no, no, not really. So I have one and they kept asking, can I have more? And, and, and it was fun. I was like, you know, whatever, this is dad's and donuts have, have some donuts. But when I left and we had such a great time. And when I left, I looked back into the window of the classroom to see what he was doing. Yeah. And I'm like having this endearing moment, like, oh, he's so cute. What's he going to go play with? And I see him sneak over to the donuts and grab another donut. Uh -huh. And so my first reaction was I tapped on the window to get his attention. Well, the other dads and like the teacher, they're all looking at, at me through the window and they're all waving like they think I'm saying. And I was like, oh, this is a good moment for me to not try to control. Uh, and just he saw me and I waved at him and he waved at me kind of like I have a donut and I was like hey cool buddy see ya and I talked to him later the day and I said hey buddy he's like yeah I was like did you sneak a donut he's like yes yeah, sneaky 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 and <laughs> I was like man that's really beautiful no one said he couldn't have it, it was, there was um, no role that he could not have a donut he didn't yeah. do anything wrong yeah and that skill of for whatever reason him built him to navigate and think through that will serve him later in life yeah. and if had i squashed it and controlled it and said you don't what for whatever reason my own impression of how i was raised or if you would have stopped your son from asking for yes. whatever reason from what you're processing right it would have stopped a beautiful moment of their growth of human humanity. And so I do want to acknowledge that's such a beautiful job parenting. Oh, thank you. And yeah, and you too, right? For us to be able to breathe through like, oh man, I would have gotten hit if I yes, asked yes. for another donut or I would have, yes. I, you know, I don't know, whatever it may be for, yes. for each of us. Like I would have gotten yelled at or, yes. you know, and then to balance on the other side, like how do we keep our kids healthy? I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, but all mm -hmm. of it. I mean, I just think about too having young boys and I was in a school one time where a woman saw my son crying and told him to stop crying, like no tears, you know? And mm -hmm. I was just like, Oh, no, 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 no. You know, I looked at her and I was just like, I'm okay if he cries. Yeah, yes. Like, 
oh, please don't not put that on my kid, on my boy who's going to grow right. up to be a man and have to suck it up and yeah, not have his up. feelings. It's like, oh, so. It's the worst. It's the yeah. worst. It's the worst. You are a beautiful soul. And I'm so oh, thankful you. that you yeah. came on this podcast and that we've, I really feel like we're friends and I just, I'm yeah. thankful for you. And I you. 100% am grateful for the work that you are doing in this mm. world. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I feel that too. I just feel the, the soul connection and the, the service, you know, like who you want to be in the world and how you're helping wake people up. And I, I just love that and feel really grateful. Thanks. Well, thank you for joining the Golden Rule Revolution today. What, what a cool episode. Shana James, you can find her at shanajamescoaching.com. I will put the notes. I will put the URL and how to find her in the show notes. You can um, contact her, see what she's up to. She does a lot more than just the men's coaching and she has a podcast. She's incredibly talented in her ways of being that lead people to healing. And so I highly recommend you checking her out. And as always, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being a revolutionary of love in this world and treating people like people. If you want to, I would appreciate if you could download, share, and help spread the word of this podcast so that more people can go out into the world and heal people. I'm Lucas Mack. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.